Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. It is a huge honor to be here. I mean, this is so much fun just to be here. What a great church. What a great work of God. I'm honored to be here. I did. I hung out with my friend Mickey Mouse yesterday. Had a good time. I know Florida got hit, but Mickey's doing just fine. I was like, they're, they're doing fine over here. And so they were happily able to take my money. I'm always surprised by that. Like, they're very good at taking your money. It's incredible. Had a great time. It was so much fun, but great to be here. But my, my kids are all mad at me. Literally, my daughter called from college. She's like, I can't believe you're a decent world without me. This is wrong. And I'm like, well, it's not actually a moral wrong, but I understand how you're upset. So it's great to be here. I want to just take a moment to honor where honor is due. And just first of all, let's honor the founders of this amazing church. Dr. Gary and Janice, you're amazing people. Janice, you were described to me by someone as being angelic. I think that's an accurate word. Would you agree with that? I think that's accurate. She really is. And also, you know, pastors Jeff and Amy are just amazing people. But I need to just tell you before, I'm just going to put it out there right before, before I even start to preach. I just need to warn you right now. Here's the deal. I can't paint. I can't make movies. I I don't know how to write a screenplay. I'm just letting you know right now. I can't sing. Um, I can't write music. I can't play guitar. I just, I can't do it. I'm just a preacher. I'm sorry. I'm apologizing on the front right now. That's all I got. I'm not a doctor. I mean, I'm just sorry. I'm just telling you right now. There's just, sometimes you just need a normal dude. I'm a normal dude. Is that okay with you? I'm sorry. I don't have all those gifts. I wish I did. That's incredible. I mean, we're not revealing any movie I made at my church this weekend. We're not doing that. That's it. And so, I mean, I don't have talent like that. I wish I did. I was artistic. My art, artistry peaked in fourth grade. That's it. I've got my mother has some of my works. That's all. That's it. And so, and I'm glad that she appreciates that. It is such an honor to be here, though. I am from Texas, so clearly I have a gun on me. And so, uh, I'm just kidding. Obviously, I left it on my horse. Give me a break. Stereotyping. It's so bad. You know how long it took to get here by horse bracket? It was ridiculous, by the way. It is great to be here, though. Thank you guys for having me. I do come from a free state like you do in Florida as well. So isn't that nice? No state taxes. It's a beautiful thing. Hey, all those in the Northeast, come on down. We love it here. Come on down. So it's a wonderful thing. So, no, glad you guys, you guys are here. And it's such an honor to be here in, in the house of the Lord. And it really is fun. In fact, it's funny. I, I want to share a story that, Jeff, I think the first time we really connected, I shared this story. And, uh, and, and so this is something that just I can't get away from. It's kind of what God has done in my life. And so when you spoke about homecoming and revival, the very first thing that comes to my mind is when God did a revival in me. So I'd like to share that today. Is that okay? And so before I go any further, I am a married man. Thank God there's one woman who would have me. Um, and we have three beautiful kids. And right now my oldest boy is preaching for me at home. And so I'm excited about that as well. He's going to do a great job. Fired up. Yeah. And by the way, two weeks ago, he got married, by the way. And so that's kind of cool. So yeah, so him and his new wife. Now there's two Mrs. Corneliuses. Kind of weird for me. I'm like, Mrs. Cornelius, Miss Cornelius. Okay, this is throwing me, but that's okay. It's great to be here. And I want to just take a time, if I can, to go back and tell you a story. This, this story goes all the way back about 20 years ago, a little over 20 years ago. And I can't believe it's been that long that this happened to me. But let me just back up. So I, like your founding pastors, founded our church, started it from nothing, which means I have no former pastor to blame, which is very frustrating. You know, like, oh, the former pastor, he did all that, not me. 
I have no one to blame. So we planted this church years ago, and, and I remember um, God was working powerfully. We moved to Corpus Christi, Texas, because the Bible says to go to the ends of the earth with the gospel. We have gone to the ends of the earth, and so we literally are at the end there. And so, but we, we decided we wanted to go and, uh, and plant this church. It's a beautiful community. By the way, our church, I feel like I'm right at home. 60 to 70% of my church is Hispanic, so we're a very ethnic congregation. This is what heaven's going to look like for all you white people who are bothered right now. You better get used to this. This is what heaven looks like. I'm telling you, in this Tuesday in heaven, fajita night. I'm just telling you right now. Straight up, that's how they roll. So, yeah, that's how I am a white boy. I married a white girl, but it's funny that God brought us to uh, Corpus Christi. Anyone know where Corpus Christi is? It's like right on the coast. It's a great little city. It's not too far from Mexico. And so uh, we love it down there. And a lot of my white boyfriends married into the culture. I'm eating my way in the culture one meal at a time. Either way, it's okay. So, by the way, Jeff, now I just turned 50 this year. I understand you're about the same age as me. Most of us, when we get older, get in worse shape. Somehow you got in better shape. Give it up for this guy, man. He's been working out. I'm like, what in the world? The older I get, I don't look at women's bodies. I look at men's bodies. I'm like, look at him. He works out. He looks good. It's kind of weird how that works. Anyway, so, sorry. Years ago, I go to Plantis Church. We had a written goal to reach a thousand people in 10 years. I wrote this whole thing out. God had led me to do this. I wanted to reach a church for the unchurched, and we were all about people that don't know Jesus yet. And so we moved to Corpus Christi to plant this church. I didn't know a single person in the city when we moved there. And I had this written out goal. In fact, I shared it with some pastors, and several of them let me know how arrogant I was. They said, who do you think you are coming to this town thinking you can reach a thousand people in 10 years? Well, I didn't mean it arrogantly. I just, I just was excited about God. And I just want to encourage you that sometimes we, we, we think that humility means lacking ambition. That's not what it means at all. We should have great ambition for God. So I pray, God, just, just use us to, to change this city for Christ. So our goal was to reach 1,000 people in 10 years. We reached it in around three years. And we knew God was doing something much bigger than us. It was exciting. It was awesome. But I was also tired. How many of you guys know that fruitfulness is exciting, but it's also tiring? It can wear you out, you know? So God was blessing the church. We were growing. It was exciting. I was worn out, though. I went to my wife and said, hey, babe, I am just tired. I need a break. And so I said, hey, why don't we go to Disney, um, and we'll just leave the kids at home? Kind of like I did yesterday. It was wonderful. And so I know that sounds really horrible, but we did do this. We, we left the kids at home. Don't worry. We brought them back, and we've been coming ever since. But Disney has plenty of my money, trust me. But just my wife and I went, and we were there having a great time, and we ended up in the Hollywood-themed park. You guys know what I'm talking about? So we ended up there, and I know you're probably not very familiar with Disney around here. But anyways, uh, so we were walking through the park, and they had this thing called Walt's Dream. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like a little thing you can walk through about his life. I love all that because uh, anyone who started something from scratch, just the entrepreneurial nature of that. Like, and I was so impressed by the parks, not just because they were clean and, and not just because it was fun, but because it was just ran so well. I was like, man, this place is just like a tight, airtight machine, man. And they know what they're doing. And so as I was walking around enjoying that, I thought, i got to go through that attraction and just learn how he did it. So I was walking through that. At the very end, they have a movie. And in the movie, the little film, it's about 20 minutes about Walt's life. Walt talks in the movie, and he at one point says, and I'm sitting here, and again, I'm tired, three years into church plant. This is back in 2001, actually. I'm sitting there, and then all of a sudden, Walt Disney says something that just caught my attention. He said, I want everyone to remember that all this was started by a mouse. It's kind of his famous statement that all this whole, the theme parks, the production company, the movies, all that started by a mouse. When he said that, I'm sitting in this theater and 
the Holy Spirit just quickens me. Now, I know you think, okay, this guy's nuts. The Holy Spirit spoke to him through a mouth. No, just trust me. Just trust me. Right when he said that, something inside me rose up, and I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, if, if a man can do all this with a mouse, what can you do with the Holy Spirit? I mean, <laughs> it wrecked me in that moment. I mean, I had this look on my face, and all my wife knows that looked like, what God just spoke to me, this is crazy. I turned to her, no lie, what she said, you're going to love this, Jeff. Janice, you're going to love this. I turned to her, and she looks at me, and she goes, we're not starting another church. And I just started laughing. I was like, no, no, honey, that's not what God's speaking to me. But I think God's talking to me. And she said, well, we're here for a couple more days as we walk around and, you know, eat popcorn and ride rides. Why don't you just ask God to speak to you? I was like, okay, I'll do that. I've got a couple of days. I'm just going to seek the Lord. Today's message is called Wait on the Lord. Because sometimes we get impatient and we want what we want now. But no one gets around this clause in Scripture. No one, I don't care how rich or poor, educated, non-educated, from a well-to-do family, from a family with no background of anything successful at all, I don't care what, what side of the tracks you come from, everyone has to wait on the Lord. All of us. Let me show you Scripture. It says in Isaiah 40, it says, He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Through, though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. Do you know that eagles see three to five miles in front of them? They're the only bird that does that. And because if you're going to fly like an eagle like God wants you to, you've got to see way into the future to prepare now goes on to say this, they will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. So just back to my original thing, I'm walking around Disney. The Lord spoke to me. I didn't know what he's trying to tell me, but I began to pray this prayer. I said, God, would you just show me what our church is supposed to do next? Because three years in, you've already blown my mind. I blew past, you, you blew past all the goals that I had written down, you know, because God wants to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever dream or imagine very clearly in scripture. And so I was like, so God, what do you want to do? And I can only imagine about 20 years in my mind. So I was like, Lord, just in the next 20 years, what do you want our church to accomplish? God, would you speak to me? Just tell me what you're trying to tell me. And I felt the Lord tell me, pray more. It's like, okay, I'm doing that now. So go ahead and tell me, Lord. And I'm walking through the parks. About an hour later, pray more. Okay, God, uh, I'm, I'm doing that now. I'll pray some more. Uh, uh, the next day, I'm still praying, and the Lord tells me, pray more. Now, I'm kind of a numbers guy. Most pastors are. We know how many saved, how many came to church, you know, what was the offering, how many people are in small groups, how many came to youth group, you know, just numbers, that kind of stuff. And so I just immediately go to numerical numbers, and I'm like, okay, God, how long am I going to pray? Because you keep telling me to pray more. And so I had recently, just a few years ago, prayed an eight-hour day and just took the whole day to pray. I, I reserved a room in, in seminary when I was finishing up and just spent a whole day praying about what the Lord wanted me to do next. And that's where the Lord told me to go plant the church. And so I was like, okay, God, I'll pray. Well, see, I did eight before. I'll do five hours for you. God, how's that sound? And I felt the Lord tell me, pray more. I was like, okay, um, God, I'll, I'll pray eight hours. I've done that before. H how about that? And the Lord tells me, pray more. By the way, never negotiate with God. This is always a bad idea. And so at this point, I'm like, okay, God, um, sure, I'll pray more. Uh, I did eight before. Okay, God, I'll pray 10 hours for you. God, how's that? I'll pray 10 hours. And I felt the Lord tell me, pray more. Now, this is by now the third day, and I'm at Epcot. 
And I walk around the corner of Epcot. This is 2001. I walk around the corner of Epcot, and under my breath, I'm praying, and I just said, okay, God, how many hours do you want me to pray? And I rolled around the corner, and there was this giant ball, and on top of it was the word 100. This is the 100th birthday of Walt Disney. They had a 30-foot 100 on top of the ball, rises around the corner. Lord, how many hours do you want me to pray? And I see it's 100, and I just stop and go, <laughs> and that's funny, God. And I felt the Lord tell me, 100 hours. I was like, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think I can do that. That's like for some weird monk. I'm not that person. So I turned to my wife, and I was like, hey, babe, um, you know, I've been praying. She's like, yeah, what did the Lord tell you? I said, well, God keeps telling me to pray more, and I see this, and I feel like the Lord wants me to, like, pray 100 hours. I know that sounds ridiculous. And she turned to me. She goes, it couldn't hurt. I was like, couldn't hurt. Yes, it can. That's a long time. And so she said, well, why not? So I was like, okay, I uh, guess I'm praying 100 hours now. So I commit to God that last day at Disney World to go home and pray 100 hours about the vision that God has next for the church. Now, then, then I did something really dumb. I went home and told my church. And I told them, you can ask me whatever hour I'm on, what God's telling me, and I'll let you know what hour I'm on and, and what the Lord's telling me. I just wanted to be held accountable. Thought I would throw that out there, so, so that's what I did. Let me show you a scripture here. It says in Joel chapter 2, then after doing all those things, and by the way, those things in Joel chapter 1 are pretty brutal. The world is in a dark place. Israel's in a mess. And God says, after all the mess, this is probably good news for Floridians about right now, right? After all the mess, I will do what? I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. And I will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth. If you're taking notes, the first thing I want to tell you about waiting on the Lord is this. The language of the Holy Spirit is vision. When you pray, when you're in worship, God will begin to give you a picture in your mind of something you'll be doing that's great something that's big something in your future god will begin to give you that kind of picture now i didn't really know what i was doing about praying 100 hours i didn't take a class on that in seminary i had a little bitty binder i'd carry around with like a little to-do list you know that kind of thing i opened to the back of it turned to the back page on a couple blank sheets and just wrote one to 100 and I have a little watch. I've got my Apple watch on now, but I've got a little, I had a little Casio watch, a real fancy $30 one you can get at Walmart right now. And so, because Walmart's where all the top preachers shop. Anyway, so I would just click go on the little timer, and it would time down from an hour, and, and it, will, it would ring. It would buzz. And as soon as the little buzzer went off, whatever my dominant thought was at the end of that hour, I would write it down. It's amazing, after 100 dominant thoughts how God forms a constellation of what he's trying to show you very clearly. So God just began to speak to me. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When I, when I started this, <laughs> I told the church, I was all excited. First 10 hours, man, I was gung-ho. Let's do this, God. I'm going to pray another hour today. It's going to be great. Now, by the way, I'm pretty ADD. Like, it's hard for me to stay focused. And so the only reason I'm focused right now is because you're all looking at me, and I have to say something next. You know, that's the only reason. But so what I have to do is I have to, I have to speak under my breath. This is one thing I've learned about prayer is that it's easiest if you just kind of whisper to God. Just pray. Just speak under your breath the whole time. keeps you focused. Because otherwise, if you're like me, I can still lose focus. I'm like, God, you're just big, and you're awesome. And that cheeseburger last night was really awesome, too. And the cheese and the fries were good, too. And the makes me really want ice cream. I need some. God, I want some. Okay, God, I'm sorry. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
So I would pray. I also learned to do something in my house. I have like a little runway between my, our, our master bedroom. This is a house we used to have. Between my master bedroom and all my kids' rooms, there's a little a hallway upstairs. And at night, I would just walk it and pray. And I would do that, and God began to use that. And I just, I've learned to create a runway wherever you are and just pace and pray. Just try to be practical. If, if you hear a practical tip, would you write that down? Because I think God wants to teach all of us how to pray. Just, just pace and pray. By the way, my kids were little then. So I would stop by their rooms when they were asleep, and I would just pray over them. You know, it's a powerful thing to do. So I'm praying. I'm about hour 10 now. I've heard nothing. I'm 10 hours in, and I got nothing. And at this point, my, my wife happened to be uh, out with the kids that day. It was my day off. I'm at home. I'm sitting in my master bedroom, and I just cry out to God. I just said, God, and this is how it went. It wasn't very spiritual. I'm just going to be honest. I was like, God, this is ridiculous. I've prayed 10 hours. I've heard nothing from you. And people are going to start asking, you need to show up, God. I need you to do something because I got nothing. I've been praying, and I don't know what else to pray about. I pray about the youth group and about world peace and about the, the, the ministry and about our groups and about our church and about future this and future that and about you turning the grass green. And I don't know what else to pray about. And right then, God waits 10 hours to finally tell me this. And God says, well, if you're finally done, would you please shut up? What? And then I remember this moment when I was in 10th grade. My parents dragged me to a prayer conference. I only went because I thought there could be girls there. Who goes to a prayer conference thinking there's girls? I don't I... The only thing I remember the guy ever said, though, was he said, we have to learn to practice the presence of God. God reminded me of that in that moment. And I said, God, I'm so sorry. I've even made my prayer life about me. And all I've done is talked the whole time. And I had to learn what it was to listen to God. It's at that moment that I understood what a journal is for. I had a journal and I, I, I took my one-year Bible and opened it up and I prayed, God, I think you're speaking this. Is it what you're saying? And I opened my one-year Bible and it was unbelievable how that next day's reading would jump off the page. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, you open, like you're like, God, is this what you want? And you open the Bible and you read it and you're like... It's almost like there's a God, and he wants to talk to me. And it was crazy how God began to speak to me when I shut up and learned to listen. So then my prayers would be like this. God, I think you're telling me this. Is that what you mean? What would that look like? Would it look like this or would it look like that? Would you want me to do this or do that? How is that? And I would just pace and pray, and God would speak to me that way. By the way, when Mason was little, he's 25 now, my oldest. One time, one time I walked in during my prayer season of a prayer. I was doing this, and I walked in. I saw him sitting on the bed. I was like, what are you doing? Because he just looked real quiet. And he said, I'm praying. I said, why? He said, Dad, I just want to be like you. I just want to pray like you, Dad. You don't even know what you're doing when you just give God your life. There's little people in your home watching. And they're learning from you. Well, around hour 50, something happened that I have a hard time explaining. I grew up Southern Baptist. I'm what you call a recovering Southern Baptist. Anyone in here understand what I'm talking about? We can go to therapy together. Anyways, there's some great things that happened from that. By the way, I got Jesus. I got the Word of God. I got evangelism. So some great things I have from that. So I, I'm actually really grateful for my background. But there's something I didn't quite get. And that was... 
what do you do when God just kind of hijacks you? Around hour 50, something happened that I still can't quite explain. I'll try to explain it, though. I know the Bible says that young men will see visions, dream dreams. I'm in my prayer time in my house, and I have a vision. I wasn't asleep. My eyes weren't closed, but it was clear as day. never get through this. <laughs> right in that moment, people began to walk up to me from all walks of life. I'll never forget a, a black man in full African garb walked up to me. A woman from Asia, full Asian clothing, someone from Europe, an Indian man, they all walked up to me from all over the world and they all said the same thing. They said, when are you going to start the church for me? When are you going to start the church that saves my family? When are you going to start the church that changes my life? But they were saying it in their language, but I was hearing it in mine. And right then and there, God began to download from the Holy Spirit as fast as I could write. God told me exactly why I was praying. I want you to pray more because you're going to start 100 churches around the world and grow the church to 10,000 people to give a million dollars in missions every single year and do the work of God all over the world. And as fast as I could, I would write and write and write. And God just began to speak to me exactly one. Because here's one thing I've learned. The reason why that came up again and again in my prayer time is because I was miserably frustrated. We were broke as a church, and I didn't know what I was doing. But God, I didn't know this, turns your current misery into your future mis- ministry. And so God allowed me to go through that loneliness, that lack of knowledge, that lack of resource, so one day we could be a resource, so we could train church planters and send them out all over the world. That was hour 50, God began to speak to me. From hour 50 to hour 100 was all clarifying exactly how we were going to do it. And I stand here to tell you today, 20 years later, we have planted 106 churches all over the globe. One church. So what does this have to do with you and me? I want to talk about the presence of God for a second. Can I do that? About just what I've learned in my prayer time. A couple of scriptures. John 15 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he It is he who will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do how much? Nothing. Nothing. I've done a lot of nothing before. How about you? Have you tried the Christian life on your own? Like, Jesus, I got it from here. Thanks. Doesn't go very well, does it? So I want to tell you three quick things if I can. The first was that that the language of the Holy Spirit is vision. But I want to give you three things that happens when you get in God's presence. The first is God will give you his presence. It's incredible just to be in the presence of God. By the way, you ever had this moment where you'll, you feel like, I'm praying, I'm praying, and God's not talking to me? Anybody? Can I help you get an immediate answer from God? Wouldn't it be cool if there was something I could pray that I always got an immediate answer from God? Wouldn't it be great? Here's a prayer that I promise you within a minute, God will tell you something. Are we ready for this? Here's how I know God will speak. You know why God answers this prayer? Because no one prays this. So when you pray this, God says, whoa, whoa, stop, heaven, hold on, angels. 
right down there. See right there, there, St. Cloud, right? Kissimmee. Someone prayed this prayer. Let's go right now. Go answer that prayer. I never hear that. Here's a prayer. You ready? God, what can I do for you today? He never hears that. All he hears is, God, I need this, and I need that. Would you help this? Would you do this for me? Would you do that? And God's like, he, he's, just, he's, he's a short order cook for us, just serving up whatever we want all the time. But when he actually hears someone that recognizes, oh, wait, I'm the servant. You're the God. I'll do whatever you want me to do today. God will answer your prayer. One of the first things that will happen when you begin to spend this time with God is you, you get in his presence and he wants you to stay in his presence. More on that in just a moment. My daughter, Sophie, she's now 19 and off at Texas A&M University. Oh, there's an Aggie here. Okay. She's loving it, having a good time. But um, when she was little, I, I miss it. Honestly, being at, being at Walt Disney World made me pull up a little picture when she was just a little thing. It was so fun to run around. My boys were always like, why don't you miss us today? Because y'all were brats. She was just cute. Come on. No, I'm just kidding. But she was so cute. And, and she, I remember when she was about three years old, I would be eating a cookie because unlike your pastor, I eat cookies. And so I'm sitting. Oh, you'll eat a couple? Okay. So, right? So you know when you, you know when to stop eating cookies, right? When you're out, right? That's when the package is empty. That's when you stop. I mean, come on. So anyways, I was eating cookies and I was watching the game. I don't remember what, what game it was. I was watching football. And Sophie, she's three years old at this point. She walks, she crawls up to me, right? And she's like, daddy. And she, of course, wants a cookie, right? I'm like, you want the cookie? She's like, yeah. And of course, I'm like, okay. So then I go, you got to come get it. And I hold it up close to my face. And you know what she's going to do, right? She climbs up on the couch, climbs up on me and gets real close because she wants a cookie. But see, as her father, just like our heavenly father, I could have just handed her the cookie. But she wants what's in my hand. But I want her by my face. So she crawls up me, and I actually withheld what she wanted for a little while just because I wanted her. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Maybe God's not giving you an answer yet because he wants you. He wants you. Because here's something I've learned. If you miss everything I say, don't miss this. I used to pray because I thought prayer would get me God's will. And then I learned prayer is God's will. He wants us to be in his presence and he will withhold information, but he will never withhold the spirit because he wants you to get up close to him and wait on him. And then once he imparts his character on you, then he'll give you what you are asking about. But he wants you to know him, seek his face, not his hand. And if we'll learn to seek his face, God will do the unimaginable. God will do the miraculous. God will do things you never even think are possible. He can do that and more. And he can do it in the blink of an eye. He can do it in an instant, can he? That's just how God rolls. So God will give you his presence. Now, here's one thing I've had to learn. When I get in God's presence and God begins to speak to me, you know what we do? We're like, we can sense, we're like, oh, I, I, I feel God's presence. Like earlier, as your pastor saying, I was like, God is here. And we're in his presence. And when you get in his presence, you realize you're in a throne room. See, this is uncomfortable for us because we, we, we have grown up in a democracy. 
We're not used to kings and queens and, and the, the, maje, the majesty and the, and the palatial palace and the strength and the honor and the authority. We don't know what that's all about. So we get in the presence of God. God says one little thing to us, and we immediately get up. Oh, man, that was awesome. And we call a friend. You're not going to believe what God just told me. This is so cool. And God's over here saying, why'd you leave? I'm not done. So when God shows up, everyone knows when you're in the presence of a king, no sudden movement. You go low. It's an honor to be in your presence. Is there anything you'd like me to do for you today? And you stay in this presence. And even when you leave, everyone knows you never turn your back on the king. Thank you. But what do we do? We just traipse through the throne room as if it's nothing when you're in the presence of the king. So God will give you his presence, and then God will give you his power. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting in Exodus 33, all the people would get up and stand in the entrances of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Unbelievable. Face to face? God would speak to, to Moses that way. So God would give you his presence. And then God will give you his power. Pastor, this is something I didn't expect. I didn't know this was going to happen. When I committed that 100 hours of prayer and God began to speak to me powerfully, is that I now understand that what gives me authority wasn't my seminary degree. It wasn't the, the fact that I had the microphone or had the position. It wasn't the title. It was when I was on my knees long enough that being in the presence of God gives you a, a spiritual authority. I never actually said this to someone, but if someone said to me, I don't agree with the vision, I, I could have easily looked back and said, I prayed 100 hours, how about you? When God speaks to you, there is a supernatural confidence that you have that you can't get from anything this world has to offer you. That's why I love it when, when they spoke about Peter and Paul. They said, well, all, they were just ordinary men, but we knew they had been in the presence of God. And so it gave them authority. Are you lacking confidence? Just get along with God. Jesus said to his disciples, couldn't you just tarry one more hour? Can you just give me an hour? We have a hard time giving God 10 minutes with a devotional leading us. Can we learn to just to give God time? And then God will do what only God can do, and he will, he will show up. And then the last thing that God gives you is permission. You get his presence, his power. If you stay long enough, God says, this is what I want you to do. Moses, go back where you came from and let my people go, right? That's what he says here in Scripture. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go so they may hold a festival and honor in my name in the wilderness. What was God saying? He was saying, see, before you tried it, in your own power, it didn't work out too well. It was a mess. You had to leave town. It was so bad. But now, 
you come in the presence of God with the burning bush and God has spoken to you. You didn't run off. You stayed. You heard from me. Then you went and did what? Then you went and told your wife. Then you clarified everything with your father-in-law, who was a spiritual man, by the way. And so it's not just me and God. It's me, God, and other godly mentors. And I think this is what the Lord, I feel like, told me. What do you think about that? And you clarify those things because God speaks to us best in stereo, multiple outlets. This is why you hear that song on the radio, and you read something from a book, and you open the Bible, and you come to church, and you're like, whoa, all this is coming together. That's God. That's God speaking to you in stereo. And the bigger the issue, the bigger the decision, the more speaking you need from God. The more different angles saying the same exact thing. Then you know it's God. So I just want to challenge you. I want to encourage you with this. If you will wait on the Lord, he will say things to you. In my prayer time, by the way, I ask people to join me the last 10 hours of my prayer. I put a big piece of butcher paper across the front of the church and said, just come up and sign up if you want to give an hour to God, if you want to give 10 hours to God, you know, whatever. And we had, we had, I had a little boy give 100. He matched me at 10. What's God going to do in that little boy's life? We had people that came up and just signed up and, and committed. The next year we did it again. Guess what? Over 100,000 hours were prayed from our church. That's the power of our ministry. It's not the amount of people. It's the amount of prayer. Wouldn't it be great if after this message, if the City of Life people jammed, just log jammed the phone lines in heaven. It's just no one can get through. City of Life is crowding out the phones and everyone's paying attention to them in heaven because all they hear is prayers from this great church. That's how it should be. And so you know what God is doing today? God brought a spiky-haired preacher with ADD from Texas today to tell you one thing. God brought me all this way to say this. He said, I miss my time with you. I have so much I want to tell you. Would you please slow down and get quiet and get in my presence, feel my presence, discover my power, and get permission to do exactly what I am telling you to do. And then recently, the Lord spoke to me again and called me out. <laughs> and the Lord told me, he sat me. Pastor Jeff, you ever done this? You ever had someone maybe in the worship band or maybe someone in certain ministry or whatever that, you know, just did some things that didn't honor the Lord? You know? Yeah, right? We've all done it, right? And so what happens? You get sat, right? You ever, you ever, did your dad ever sit you? You got sat? I got sat too. So, and I've done this city. In other words, I've, had to, I've had to sit other people, my own kids. I've had to do that. I get that. So we're like, hey, we're not going to, this is not God honoring. You're not going to get on that platform and preach. You're not going to lead, right? And so, and we know we're broken vessels, but are we a vessel? Right? And so, about a little over a year ago, the Lord sat me, and I, I was at a conference that we both go to. That's where we, I think, met. And uh, a year ago, not this last one, the Lord spoke to me, and it was Father's Day right before the conference. This is over a year ago, and, and uh, I felt the Lord tell me, go kneel before me. And the, the whole church is worshiping. I'm in the front row, and I'm like, oh, come on, God, it's Father's Day. There's a lot of people. It'll look a little weird. This song isn't even slow. It doesn't make sense. You know what I'm talking about? You ever, you ever know what I'm talking about? So I'm at the conference. I slip in. I'm listening to this preacher preach, and the Lord tells me, uh, you didn't obey me. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, that's true, God. I was like, no, you didn't obey me. And so I'm going to sit you next week. I was like, God, I'm the preacher. And he's like, I know. And I'll either sit you 
or he can always just take you out. You know, God, I'm good with being sad. I'm good with that. I think that's fine. I can, I can be sad. So the Lord told me, Pastor, this is all new stuff. The Lord told me the next week I want you to sit at the altar all, all weekend. I was like, I mean, but I got to preach, right? And the Lord's like, no. Altar. So all weekend long, this is what it looked like. First song to the last. I just knelt before the Lord. A little embarrassing. It's not my best angle, so sorry. But sometimes the only way you can really get it right with God is to turn your back on the crowd. I believe God's moving right now. Holy Spirit, I believe your presence is here. So we stand to our feet and we will glorify you right now in your house, in your presence. I'd like to invite anyone else who'd like to sit with me to come, to come forward and pray and to admit that you have been prayerless. Let's confess the real sin of the church today. God, we have been prayerless. Even our prayers have been about ourselves, not about you. So we humble ourselves before you. We ask you, God, for your presence to fill us right now. God, we need your power. No sudden movements. We're in the presence of God. As the worship team comes out, we want to honor you, Lord. We're going to take a moment to sing. I'm going to speak a few words afterwards, but we're just going to sing and confess our sin to God, that we need you, God. We want your presence. We need your power. And we seek your permission to be who you've called us to be. Worship team, would you please lead us now in song?
just sense God's presence right now. Can you thank Him for it? He doesn't have to give it, but He does. Just thank Him. Stay. Stay. Don't, don't, don't move. Remain. Remain. Feel His power sweep over you. Someone today needs His forgiveness. There's a newness that comes over you when you're in the presence of God. Someone today has been holding back because you know God's spoken to you, but you haven't put in the, the time, you haven't clocked the hours yet to get His full permission. When God finally says, now, now go, go do this. Now, start that business. Now, go back to class. Go back to school. Now, make that deal. Now, buy that property. Now, move forward. Now, take that step of faith. God will lead you. Your head bowed and your eyes closed. Let me just ask you, have you given your life to Jesus? It's never too late to do that. You see, God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you and me. Christ rose again, proving that he's God. And by the way, if you don't quite believe this, oh, I'm not sure if I believe that that really happened. Well, then go ahead and remove your watch. Go ahead and break your phone because it shows the time. And your time is based upon our calendar. Our calendar is based upon BC and AD time. And time was split in half in history because of one event that changed the world so much that we literally set our clocks to it. So for you to deny this historical moment when the man who claimed to be God rose again is to literally deny time, is to deny your calendar because this one moment changed history. Has it changed your history yet? Do you have a before Christ moment and an after Christ moment? You can receive him right now by praying this simple prayer. Just pray this prayer with me. We're gonna say it out loud together. You can just say this with me. Just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. Please come in my heart. Be my Lord. And be my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Father, thank you for what you do in this place. Thank you, God, for this opportunity to come home to you. God, to experience a revival, a reviving of our spirit. Because, Lord, we are in your presence. We can sense your power. And thank you, God, that you're giving us permission to live a life as one who has been sent by God to this world to make an impact. We love you, Lord. Thank you for interrupting me years ago. And thank you for interrupting us now with your truth and your power. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.